But uh, there's some that... Uh, <laughs> there's some that that uh, they're they're going some are going to leave at 12 o'clock no matter what's happening but um, anyway I try to be mindful of everyone's time on Sunday but um, anyway the Holy Spirit had moved and I could have preached I could have preached till one o'clock if I'd have been fine with everybody got quiet all of a sudden just even talking about that didn't it but uh Amen. You can't get too much of Jesus. Amen. You can't get too much of church. You can't get too much of God's word. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to touch on some things I mentioned this morning. And then I've got some other scriptures I want to share with you tonight. But talking about that word yet, the power in that word yet. And I mentioned to you this morning that... The word yet, what it means, it, it, it means still. Or even, even though, um, regardless or even so, I guess I should say, whatever it is, whatever's going on, the, the word yet represents a state of remaining the same no matter what the situation or the circumstances might be that you are in. And we used for our text this morning, I read to you from Job chapter 13 and verse 15, where Job used those two words. He used the word though, and he used the word yet. And I said this morning, I mentioned to you that these two words are, are frequently found, or maybe not that frequently, but in several places in the Scripture, they're found together, though and yet. This verse is one of those. They're kindly twins that go together, and they have a powerful and an important message. And in this 15th verse of Job chapter 13, a familiar verse of Scripture we all can quote it, and a lot of people have quoted it over the years and misapplied it. But Job made the statement in the midst of all that he was going through, in the, in, right in the middle of, of losing everything, in the middle of, of, of his severe, a severe storm and a severe time of trial, which, let me just say this, that Job went through something probably that, that, that none of us would ever be called upon to go through. But I tell you what, we can look at the life of Job as an example. And James in the New Testament says, uses Job for an example uh, concerning patience and endurance. And he said, you have heard of the patience. Job said, you've heard of the patience. Uh, uh, James said, you've heard of the patience of Job. And that word patience means um, perseverance or endurance. In other words, James was reminding those uh, that he was writing to how that in the midst of, of a terrible situation or a, tr a terrible time of trial, Job persevered. He endured. He, he, he stayed the course. He stayed remained faithful to God. Now, if you read the book of Job, you know, we, we, we read the first two chapters and most of the time you'll hear the first two chapters of Job preached on and you leave Job in the ash pit scratching his boils with a piece of broken pottery saying uh, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away blessed be the name of the Lord and it's, it's an awesome thing that he did maintain his integrity and his faith and he continued to praise the Lord. But most of the time, we'll leave Job there in that, in that place. Just, you know, that's where we leave him. But James, in the New Testament, James said, You've heard of the patience of Job, and you have saw the end of the Lord. So James takes us to not just Job chapter 1 and 2, 
But James takes us all the way to Job chapter 42. How many knows what happened in in Job chapter 42? In, In Job chapter 42, God turned, the Bible said he turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. So the word of God calls the situation that Job was in, the disease, the sickness that he had, God's word says it was a captivity and God turned the captivity of Job and healed his body. How many knows that? Healed his body and uh, gave him back. How much did he give him back? Huh? Twice, twice as much as what he had lost in the beginning. So the end of the Lord that James talks about, you've seen the end of the Lord was what happens when you persevere and you come through the thing and you, 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 you maintain your faith even though you're going through something you don't understand. Even though you, you, you don't, you can't figure it out. Even though you wished you weren't there in that situation yet will you trust yet and that's what Job was saying I don't know what's going on but though he slay me yet see those two words together though he slay me even though I I, I may die in this thing it doesn't matter I will yet continue to trust in the Lord and believe in the Lord. And because of that perseverance and because of that faithfulness and standing true to the Lord, God healed Job's body, gave him back twice as much as he had to begin with, twice as much, double. He got a double portion blessing and everything that the devil stole from him, God gave it back to him and twice as much. If you read the first chapter of Job, you read the first chapter and all the numbers of the camels, the oxen, the sheep, the donkeys, all the things that he had, then you read chapter 42 of Job and you'll see that it was exactly double the number that he got back of what that he had lost. I'm going to tell you something, saints of God, it pays to trust God and to stay faithful to God and to not give up on God and lose your faith no matter what you may be called on to go through. And listen, we have all been in that place where we didn't understand why we were going through what we were going through or why a certain thing had happened to our life in our life and we didn't understand that we have all been there. Have you been there? We have all been there and sometimes when you're going through things that you don't understand, sometimes God will give you an answer. Sometimes God will tell you the reason why but sometimes Sometimes he doesn't, and you don't know, and you don't understand. But it's in those times that you do not give up your faith, or you don't stop trusting and believing in the Lord, because if you'll stay true to God, God will bring you through, and the end of the Lord will be better. You'll be better at the end than you were when you went through the thing. Can I get an amen? And so Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I'm going to continue to trust God. I'm going to continue to believe God no matter what I face in this life. Because I know God is going to take what, whatever the devil tries to do in my life, God is going to have the final say-so. Can I get an Amen. Amen. Vicky and I, as you know, we've you know we've had uh, had to bury two children in our life, and one at nine months, and the other one at just short of seventeen years. Two two funerals. Job had ten funerals of children at one time. Are you listening to me? But you know we didn't understand those situations either when we had to go through them, and still don't know exactly why. I mean, we prayed, we believed, we had, you know, we trusted the Lord. But sometimes, you know, um, sometimes the, the the prayer isn't answered for whatever reason. But in the face of that, listen, we're still here. We're still living for Jesus. We're still praising God. Amen. Hallelujah. 
And uh, glory to God, we still got the victory. Do you know you can still have the victory? No matter what you're going through, no matter what the fiery trial, you can go through it. And this is the way God wants you to go through it. He wants you to go through it with praise, with thanksgiving, and with adoration to him in the midst of it all. To praise him in every situation. How many knows what I'm talking about? You know, not to praise. I'm not going to praise him for the bad stuff. You know, there was a teaching some years ago that said that, that you just praise God for everything that happens. You know, if you, get, if you get cancer, praise God you got cancer. No, 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 no. Amen. That's not biblical. Are you listening to me? You praise God. The Bible does say, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God uh, in Christ Jesus concerning you. In every situation. We're going to get into that here in just a minute. In every situation, every circumstance, we must go through and face that with our faith and our trust in God continuing to praise the Lord. So that's what Job did. And we, we touched on that this morning. It wasn't God. God was not his problem. The devil was. And listen, God is not your problem. God is not your enemy. God is your heavenly father. And this is the thing. Listen, he loves you. He, he, he wants the best for you. He wants to do good in your life. The one that brings the problems is our adversary, the devil. We've got an enemy and we've got an adversary that's going about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And the Bible says that we're to be sober, we're to be alert, we're to be vigilant, we're to be um, watchful because that, 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 that devil, that adversary is seeking whom he may devour. He's desiring to have you. He desires to destroy your life. Talking about the enemy, talking about the devil. But I'm telling you, what did Peter go on to say? Hallelujah, when he said to watch out for that adversary, the devil, he said, whom resist steadfast in the faith. We've got to stand our ground. We've got to stand firm. We've got to resist the devil. If you'll submit yourself to God and resist the devil, what does the Bible say the devil will do? Just keep on hanging around? No. Come on, somebody. You know what it says. If you will submit yourself to God and resist the devil, do you know what he'll do? He'll run away. He'll flee. He'll get out of dodge. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. God's looking for some people today that will resist, that will stand against the enemy, stand in the midst of the fire, stand in the midst of trials. Praise God. And though you may be going through something you do not understand, though you may be facing a fiery furnace, though you may be going through a difficult time, yet you will continue to trust in the Lord and believe in him. Can I get an amen? Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Recap, recap of this morning. Amen. So that's the first one. I want you to go to the book of the Old Testament prophet of however you pronounce his name. Habakkuk. Are Habakkuk, 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 Habakkuk. I'm going to look him up when I get to heaven. <laughs> I'm going to say, just would you tell me how, have I been pronouncing your name wrong all these years? Would you tell me how to say your name? But uh, Habakkuk, amen. Thank God for names like Rick and Gary, David, amen. But Habakkuk was a prophet, one of the minor prophets in the Old Testament. And uh, he was having some difficulty. Habakkuk had some difficulty. Um, he couldn't understand why things were going the way they were. He, he noticed that evil and wickedness 
were, were just everywhere. It seemed like the wicked were flourishing. Seemed like that, uh, that, 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 you know, it was just the, the righteous were, you know, there was a lot of wickedness in Israel and evil was everywhere. And um, Habakkuk didn't understand that. He couldn't figure it out why God just allowed all this wickedness and evil to continue. And he even prayed and didn't seem to get an answer to his prayers. The Bible says in Habakkuk chapter 1, um, in verse 2 and 3 and 4, um, he talks about that. And, and Habakkuk says, Lord, how long? In verse 2, he said, how long shall I cry and you will not hear me? Has anybody ever felt like that? You know, that you've prayed and you've sought the Lord and you've petitioned to God and you've, you know, you've, you've, you've took your needs to the Lord and it seemed as if God wasn't hearing you. It just seemed like that he was a thousand miles away. And, and the more you prayed and sought the Lord, the situation seemed to get worse. Well, that's kind of where uh, Habakkuk was at. He, uh, he said, why? In verse 3, of chapter 1, he said, Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me. And there are that raise up strife and contention. And the law is slacked. And judgment does never go forth. For the wicked to compass about the righteous. Therefore, wrong judgment proceeds. When I was reading that this week and kind of like studying on this, meditating on it, I thought, you know, that's, that's kind of, that's the very same situation that we see in the world today and in America today. We see the same thing that, that Habakkuk was facing. The law is slack. We're living in, a, in, a, in an age, in a time of absolute total lawlessness in America, seeing things that we never thought that we, we would see take place in America. He said there was spoiling and there was violence that was before him. And there were, were those who raise up strife and contention. We are living today in a divided nation. Amen? There is, you know, there, there's division between the races and they are promoting. There are those today that are promoting um, division between the, the, the race issue and on the race issue. And it's just a mess. There's division today and uh, being brought about separation and division between those who have been vaccinated and those who have not been vaccinated. And those who are vaccinated are being pitted against those who are not vaccinated. And it's a it's a ploy of the enemy to divide. And if he can divide, you remember what Jesus said, that a, a nation that is divided will not stand, a, a, fa a home that is divided, anything that is, any place that there is division, it will not stand. Whether it be a nation, whether it be a home, whether it be a church, if there's a division it, it will fall. It will crumble. It, was, it will fall. And, and, and we know that. Jesus said that. That is the ploy of the enemy is to, to, to divide and conquer. And he's, he's doing that within our nation today. We're seeing that take place in America. There's such division. There's such turmoil. There's such unrest. There's such fear. And I preached about the fear a couple of weeks ago. There's such, there's such fear and contention that's going on. And Habakkuk saw the same thing taking place in his day. There was no law. It was slack and judgment. Judgment was not true. Judgment wasn't going forth. He said the wicked compass the righteous and wrong judgment proceedeth. We're living in a day, ladies and gentlemen, where, where four-star generals can commit treason and get by with it. There's no justice seemingly anymore. The wicked, listen, it appears that the wicked and the ungodly and the sinner in the world today and even those in high places 
I don't have no friends in high places except Jesus. Come on. But those in high places and in authority in our government today seemingly can do what they want to do and get by with it and nothing is done. But can I tell you something? There's somebody today that is keeping a record. There's somebody today that knows everything that's going on. And can I tell you, one of these days and very soon, the judgment is coming and the piper must be paid and God's not going to let them get by with it. Come on, amen. I'm going to try not to hold you too long. We got fried chicken to get to. (laughs) But wrong judgment proceeds. The wicked compassion. This is what Habakkuk was dealing with in his day. There was sin everywhere, unrighteousness. He couldn't figure it out. Why? In verse 13 of chapter 1, he said, God, you're of purer eyes than to behold evil, and you can't look on iniquity. Wherefore lookest thou upon them that deal treacherously and hold your tongue when the wicked devours the man that are more righteous than he? And you know what Habakkuk's saying? God, you see all this mess in the, in the nation today. Why don't you do something? Sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Sounds very familiar. Why don't you do something? Has anybody, has anybody ever asked God that same question? Why don't you do something, Lord? You know, we prayed, the church and Christians, two Christians, true Christians, we were praying for, this, for the, the, the past election. You know, we were praying. We knew. Listen, we knew. It doesn't matter whether you're, uh, to me, you know, what, what you are politically, Democrat or Republican. But what I'm for is for righteous leadership and godly leadership in government. And we knew if the wrong people got in authority, what a mess it was going to be. The righteous, the church had enough common sense and enough spiritual insight to understand and to know that the, that the liberal leadership that would get in, if they got a hold of of the leadership of this nation, they, their, their agenda and desire, desire is to strip you and I of our freedoms and to destroy this nation. That is their agenda. And we knew that and we prayed and we sought God and we prayed for that election and it didn't turn out the way we prayed. Right? Huh? I don't think anybody here was praying Joe Biden be elected. If you were, we will pray for you tonight. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. But it seemed like that God didn't answer. It seemed like, well, God, you know, we, there was Christians praying everywhere and interceding for this election, and it didn't seem to go the way that we wanted it to go and God didn't seem to hear. And that's what Habakkuk is going through. God, you, you, you're not doing anything. And then he said in chapter 2, he said after he had prayed, he had, he had given God his, uh, his complaint, so to speak. He had prayed about this situation. He had asked God about it. And then in verse 1 in chapter 2, I had to get me a bigger Bible so I can see it, and it's hard to handle. I like a smaller Bible. If I could get a small Bible with giant print, that would be the thing. It'd probably be that thick, though. (laughs) Amen. But look what he said in chapter 2. He said, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the watchtower and will watch to see what he will say to me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me. Now, so Habakkuk, he prays. He seeks the Lord. He goes up to the watchtower and he says, I'm just going to wait here until I hear from God and get an answer from the Lord. And so the Lord gives him an answer. And I'm not, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but basically God told this prophet that he was going to use, God was going to use the evil, wicked nation of Babylon to chastise Israel and Judah. That God was going to allow Babylon to come in 
and to spoil Judah, to spoil Israel, to take them into captivity. That's basically the answer that Habakkuk got, and he couldn't understand that. Why? Here he is again then. Why would God allow a, a nation more wicked than, the, than his own people, even though his own people had backslidden away from God? Why would God allow a nation that wicked to come in and captivate God's people? And uh, so, you know, Habakkuk, to make a long story short, he's having, he's going through a difficult time. He's having trouble understanding this situation. The, the nation's a mess. Everything's a mess. He knows now that judgment is going to come. And I don't like to preach on judgment. I, I, I want to preach positive messages. But I have to interject this here that unless there's some changes in our nation and unless the church calls upon God and begins to pray like we've never prayed before and there's a turnaround in this nation, the judgment of God is going to come. We're under his grace right now. Thank God. We sang about his mercy tonight. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his grace. But listen, God has to in the long haul in the end God has to judge sin wherever he may find it whether it's in a nation or whether it's in a church judgment begins at the house of God Peter said so judgment was going to come it was inevitable and then it's only three chapters in this book but the third chapter of Habakkuk, or Habakkuk, or whatever his name is, you call him what you want to. What the, in that third chapter, after he had prayed in chapter one, he'd got an answer in chapter two. In chapter three is a prayer of Habakkuk. It's a prayer that he prays. And he ends it like this, and I'm not going to, he gives praise to God for his power and all that, but here's the way he concludes this prayer. In Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17, he says this, although, there's that word though, although it's although there, the word though, though the fig tree shall not blossom. Here's what he sees that is going to happen. Though the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herds in the stall. Do you know what, see what he's saying? This is what He's been, he's had revealed by God to him, this is what's going to happen. The Babylonians are coming, judgment's coming, everything's going to go haywire. Everything's, judgment is going to fall. There's not going to be any crops, everything's going south, everything's going bad, the flocks are going to be destroyed, famine's going to be in the land. That's basically what he's saying. He's talking about all the bad stuff that's coming, and he said, all Though all this will take place, verse 18, yet, yet, there's that word yet, in spite of everything that's going to happen, though all these things are coming, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will joy in the God of my salvation, the Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like hinds feet or deer's feet. How many's ever seen a deer leaping up the mountainside? Hallelujah. He will make my feet like hinds feet, and he will make me to walk upon my high places. Notice what the prophet says. He is ends this prophecy with a note of victory and a song of praise and he said although all this bad stuff's going to happen yet in the face of it all yet I will still rejoice I will still praise man he's got revival going on in his soul now I'm going to still praise the Lord it's the same thing Job said even though the bad stuff may come yet I will trust him yet I will praise him yet 
yet I will rejoice in him. I'm not going to let anything that happens steal my joy or my praise. I believe the church has got to get her praise back, get her rejoicing back, get her joy back. I'll rejoice in the Lord, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, since the COVID thing and the shutdowns and the lockups and all that we've been through, I've seen, I have saw people's joy drain from them. Amen? We need a though, although. We could throw in there although. COVID, pandemic, viruses may spread the land. Although that may happen and everybody may get sick and everybody may lose their job if they don't get the jab. But even though all that would happen, yet I will rejoice in the Lord and continue to praise my God. Ladies and gentlemen, we cannot allow the devil to steal our joy, to steal our praise, to steal our rejoicing. Are you listening to me? We must maintain the joy of the Lord in our hearts and keep the praise of God. Let me tell you something. You don't always feel like praising the Lord. You got to praise him when you don't feel like it. Amen? In the, in the midst. See, it's, listen, it is easy easy to praise God in a service like we had this morning anybody could be if you couldn't praise God this morning huh I don't know what to say if you couldn't praise God this morning I'm telling you what you're, you're dead it's easy to praise God when you're in the midst of a of a powerful move of the Holy Spirit. And the, you know, the, the glory of the, of the Lord's there. And people are getting blessed. People are getting healed. People are, you know, bondagers are being broken. And it's easy to praise God in those situations. But it's not so easy to praise God when you're facing a situation like Habakkuk was facing. And, and he know, and he, he knew, and he saw that the crops were going to be destroyed. Famine was going to come. Things were going to get bad for the nation. He's, he's seeing that. God has showed him that, that it's going to get worse and not better. But see, if you preach that today, you're the prophet of doom and gloom because, you know, everything's going to be okay. And I, I pray that it is. But the only way that everything's going to be okay in this nation is for us to turn Back to God. It's the only way. So I don't want to be that prophet of doom and gloom. But things are, are going to get to go continually downhill. Amen. I hate to say that, but I, I feel that I must. So what do we do? The power of this the power of the yet will I praise the Lord. Yet will I trust the, the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Turn over with me to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be done here in a minute. Turn over to the New Testament to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. Oh, hallelujah. Is everybody happy tonight? Praise God. First Peter chapter 1, verse 7, 7 and 8. First Peter chapter 1, verse 7. Peter here talks about the trial of your faith. He says in verse 7 that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found <clears throat> unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So there he talks here to these believers about, about going through the fire, about the trial of our faith. Though, though our faith 
You know, listen, trials, your, your faith has to be tried. Huh? Your faith, faith is tested and tried. And sometimes you go through what the Bible refers to as uh, tried with fire or the fiery trial. But it's the trying of your faith. When, when Peter was tried, Jesus told Peter, he said, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your, what? Faith does not fail. So there was a trying of the faith of Peter. That your faith is going to be tried. And you got to have, listen, that's why we need to be building up our faith. Strengthening our faith. That's why it's important to be in the Word of God. That's why it's important to be in the house of God. I'll do everything I can to teach the Word of God. To strengthen your faith. To build up your faith. To encourage your faith. Because let me tell you something, saints. The trial of your faith will come. And the greater your faith, the greater the testing of your faith. But oh, glory to God, when you come through that trial, your faith is stronger. It's like working that muscle. It's like exercising that muscle. Amen. Resistance training that builds up that muscle. And it will strengthen your faith when you come through on the other side victorious. Hallelujah. It'll be a strengthening of your faith. Now, notice what he said. He said uh, in verse 8, he said, Whom having not seen, and he's talking about the appearing of Jesus in the last portion of verse 7, whom having not seen, talking about the Lord, you haven't seen him, but you love, but, but you love him, in whom, now know that, notice here's the word again, though, Having not seen you love in whom though now we see him not. Have you ever heard anybody say, well, I just can't believe something I can't see? You ever heard any people say, seeing, well, you know, Brother Rick, I think some people even think this is in the Bible. Well, you know, seeing is believing. That's Missouri faith. Show me faith. Show me. Huh? Show me the money. Amen. <laughs> you show me, and I'll believe it. If I can see it, I'm believing. That's Thomas' faith, isn't it? Isn't that what Thomas did? He wasn't there when the Lord showed up, and the Lord showed up after the resurrection, the appearance that the Lord made an appearance to his disciples on a Sunday night. Imagine that, and Thomas wasn't there. There's a good, there's a good, uh, good, good basis for Sunday night church right there. Thomas wasn't there. I don't know where he was at. He probably had a good. He probably stayed home to watch the football game or something. I don't know. Amen. But he wasn't at church on Sunday night. Jesus showed up. And he missed out, and they told him the next day, they said, Jesus was here. And what did Thomas say? I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I won't believe it unless I see him. I got to see the, I got to see the marks in his hands, the nail prints in his hands and his feet, and the, 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 where the spear went in his side. And I, I, I just won't believe if I don't see him. Jesus showed up the next Sunday, and Thomas just happened to be there. And you know what Jesus said to him? Jesus said to Thomas, he said, hey, come here, Thomas. Here, stick out your hand and put it in my side. Look at the nail prints in my hands. He said, don't be faithless, but be believing. And all Thomas could do was say, my Lord and my God. Let me tell you something, abundant life. You don't want Thomas' faith. Thomas' faith doesn't get answers to prayers. Thomas' faith doesn't get healing. Thomas' faith doesn't get what you need from the Lord. Because Thomas' faith has to see it and then believe it. And Jesus said to Thomas, Thomas, you saw me and believed, but blessed is he who has not seen yet has believed. I don't see him. I may not see the answer, but I gotta believe him anyway. Can I get an amen? Well, give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. 
Whom having not seen you love in whom, though now you see him not. Yet, there it is, believing. I'm going to, even though I don't see, yet I'm going to believe it. Woo! And he said, Whom though now you see him, not him, him in the King James is italicized, which means it wasn't in the original text, and they added it to let you know he's talking about Jesus. But you can take that word out. It wasn't in the original and and read it this way. In whom though now you see not with the physical eye, yet believing, what do you do? If you believe, even though you don't see, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. Do you you understand that that verse is such a powerful verse to illustrate and to show us what what true believing and true faith will do? Because true faith believes when it doesn't see. Faith is the evidence, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You got to believe you have received and believe that God has heard and answered your prayer. Even when you see no physical evidence, though you see not, yet you still continue to believe. How many is with me? That's what genuine faith is. Well, I may not feel healed, but do I believe his word? Even though I don't see the evidence physically or with my natural eye, do I believe his word? And if I can believe him, yet believing, I can still rejoice in the midst of it because I know and believe that God has heard me, that God has answered, that God is moving. Even when I can't see him, he's working. Even when I can't feel him, he's working. I know that he's working. I believe it tonight. Yet, I will believe. Can somebody say amen tonight? Am I making any sense? Though I see not, yet I will believe. And believing will cause me to rejoice with joy and speak a little full of glory. We want to we rejoice and praise the Lord when we get it, when we see it, when we got it. Right? Then I'll believe it and then I'll praise God. And then, but faith praises God. before you see the manifestation. Abraham, I'm going to close. I think I'm losing some of you. (laughs) Abraham, this just, listen, this is just simple, basic, fundamental Bible faith and believing, right? You know, well, if I can't, I'm not going to believe something. Somebody said, I'm not going to believe that I've got something that I can't see. Or I'm not going to say I have something that I don't see. Well, have you ever saw your brain? <laughs> huh? Maybe on an MRI? Well, just because you haven't physically saw your brain doesn't mean you don't have one. That may be debatable with some people. Amen. <laughs> but I haven't saw my brain, but I, 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 I believe a God one. I believe it's there. How many believe your name's in the Lamb's book of life? Huh? Have you ever saw the Lamb's book of life? No. But yet you're not afraid to say, praise God, my name's in the Lamb's book of life. Why? Because 
you can say that even though you haven't seen it because you believe it because the Bible says, the Word of God says that when you accept Jesus and confess your sins and accept the Lord Jesus Christ, get born again, He writes your name, records it in the Lamb's book of life. It's written in heaven. I haven't seen it, but I know it's there. And guess what? I, I praise God nearly every day for that. I praise God every day that he saved an old wretch like me, like I was, that he saved me. And many times, many times I will praise God and say, Lord, thank you for putting my name in the Lamb's book of life. I thank you that my name's recorded in heaven. I've never seen it. But though I haven't seen it yet, believing I can rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. We, we, we prayed for three years. Vicki was on the transplant list for three years. And uh, we were... We had asked God, we were, we, you know, some things you don't know exactly how to pray for as you ought. So that's why, you know, he's given us the Holy Ghost to help us to pray. Thank God for that. But we would pray. We were praying <clears throat> that God and believing that God would, would, would give her the perfect kidney, the perfect match at the, at the exact right timing. Many times we don't know the timing of the Lord but we believed that God was, had heard that prayer and that it was the will of God for him to do that. She needed it. We had asked the Lord not to let her have to go on dialysis, but to provide that kidney. And before the call came, for, for those years, those three years, even though we didn't see it, manifested we believed I would remind the Lord you know Lord this is what we're asking for and I want to here we go and I rejoice and thank you that you are doing that for us I give you praise and thank you that you are going to give her the perfect kidney at the perfect time at the very right time oh God I feel this tonight, saints. Though we didn't see it, yet believing we rejoiced. Mm. If you could get a hold of that tonight, that's victory right there, ladies and gentlemen. The devil can't do nothing with that. Abraham was strong in faith and gave glory to God because he believed that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. And he gave glory and praise to God before Isaac was born. Mm. We had, I'm going to close. Is this my second or third closing? <laughs> Bring her in for a landing. On April the 11th here at the church, we had a powerful move of God. You know how many of y'all were here that morning? But April the 11th, on that Sunday, the Holy Ghost moved. I mean, I didn't preach that morning. It just got, the Holy Ghost took over. People came up for prayer. It was just a powerful, powerful move of God. We went home, went to bed. In the middle of the night, <clears throat> in the wee hours of the morning, well, no, it wasn't that early in the morning, but it was late at night. I, I, I dozed off and I woke back up and just felt the Spirit of God on me. And I laid there in the bed. I was just laying there praying to myself quietly in the Holy Ghost. Didn't pray loud enough to wake Vicki up. Didn't pray loud enough, you know, to disturb her. And just praying to myself in the Holy Spirit in other tongues. And the Holy Spirit was just on me and praying. And, and uh Drifted off back to sleep, and about one o'clock in the morning, the phone rings. And it's the transplant team from Barnes. We got the kidney. We got you. We have you a kidney. When can you be here? Get here as quick as you can. And I, I said, Well, you know, we can be there 
to 1 a.m. We got to get up, get dressed. We'll be there by 3. We were there by 3 o'clock. They've got to do tests, of course. They've got to see if it's a match. There's a lot of people get calls for transplants that get up there and then they send them home because it wasn't a match. So they send them home. They have to wait again. And you know, there's always that thought well, maybe this won't be it because you, your hopes are up, you know. But we got up there. They took her back. <clears throat> they, they, they was going to do some testing. I had to leave because of the COVID things. Three o'clock in the morning, they tell me, you got to go. You can't go to the room with her. You got to leave. You come back at nine. So I went down the parking lot. I thought I'll sleep in the car. And then I drove, wound up going to my cousin's and, and, and sleeping for a couple of hours. But I was planning on going back at nine. But then she called me at 6 a.m. said, you need to get up here. They're taking me back to do the surgery now. Everything was a perfect match. Everything was go. Everything was wonderful. Everything was good. Praise God. I got up there. The sur- you all know the, rest the, the surgery went well. But here's the point I'm making. You can rejoice in believing before you even see the answer. And that's the faith that will move God and bring the answer to your prayers. Amen. That's what, that's what it takes. And when you, if you need healing, thank him that he's your healing, that you're, he's your healer. Before you ever see it, praise him. Even when you don't, you praise him that he is the Lord, your healer, and you believe in him for that. Amen? Though, even though we see not, yet, that's the power of a yet. Yet I will rejoice. Yet I will praise. Yet I will trust in him. Yet I will stand firm, even though everything may seem to be against me. Praise God, that's victory. Amen? Let's stand tonight worship the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord in this house tonight. Hallelujah. I'm so glad I came to church on a Sunday night. How about you? Woo, we may have came for fried chicken, but man, we got a good dose of the Holy Ghost first. Glory to God. Let's just lift our hands and rejoice. Lord, we rejoice in you. Lord Jesus, we praise you. Father, we thank you tonight. Whatever the needs may be in the lives of your people, as we look over our nation tonight and we see the, the, the turmoil, and we see the lawlessness, and we see the, the sin, and we see the, the downward slide of our country, Lord, the dangers that are, that are there that are apparent of us losing the freedoms that you have given us in this nation. We, we, we pray tonight, God, that you will help us in the midst of this to yet rejoice in you, to continue to pray and to seek you. God, do a work in our nation, do a work in our church, do a work in the lives of your people tonight. Hallelujah.